Hello, supply chain pros, business buffs, and the technologically curious. This is Joe Davis, your friendly neighborhood podcast host, welcoming you back again to the fascinating world of supply chain planning and design. You're listening to the sophomore episode of Gains On, a podcast sponsored by Gains, the masterminds behind supply chain planning, design, and optimization solutions that ensure our customers can keep their promises. Whether you're a seasoned pro in the boardroom or a total supply chain noob like me, we've got all the answers right here on Gains On. So grab that cup of coffee, settle into your favorite chair and dive into the world of supply chain resiliency. That's right, today we're plunging into a subject at the beating heart of our modern world. In an era where every second counts, flexibility is power and the swift survive and thrive. To help us unravel the intricacies, we're fortunate enough to have with us the magnetic Jeff Matursky, a 35-year supply chain veteran and the VP of Solution Strategy at Gaines. Welcome back to Gaines On, Jeff. It is my pleasure to be here again, Joe. Today's topic, uh, we, had, we had touched on it in our previous episode, but I was wondering if today we could talk about supply chain resiliency. Sure. Yeah, I think we alluded to it a little bit, but it's a really interesting topic to follow on with our last conversation. Yeah. And it, I mean, it really seems like it's topical, right? Uh, not only for the world, but for me personally, you know, I'm, uh, I, I live here in Michigan. We've recently had some pretty nasty, uh, uh weather, uh, a string of tornadoes coming through and things like natural disasters seem to keep happening everywhere. So I've kind of coined the modern era as the age of disruption. Does that make sense to you? Sure. You know, there's a, there's a phrase that's been brewing around now that's called VUCA. Have you ever heard of that as an acronym? I've heard of voodoo. No, it's not voodoo. Veruca salt. I've heard of. Uh, uh, no. Yep. To, no. <laughs> uh, no, I can't say that I know VUCA. So VUCA is V-U-C-A and it's a representation of volatility uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And it's a it's been kind of coined as we are living in a VUCA world or a VUCA era that keeps on increasing. And so disruptions are are definitely a piece of that. Uh, but it's just another way of thinking about, you know, significant uptick in the level of those kind of three elements that are existing inside of supply chains. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, supply chain disruptions and natural disasters and political unrest, these are not new things, right? Correct. So really, I mean, you know, supply chain has its, uh, and supply chain management has its roots in dealing with those for, I mean, literally hundreds of years. I think it was Alexander the Great was talking about his logisticians. Uh, yeah, I'm not that old. I wasn't that, <laughs> that Right. So what's changed for us? Is it we're more dependent on supply chains than we have been before? No, I, I don't know that we're more dependent upon it, but I think those those factors, you know, we talked about disruptions last time and it's one element, but there's, you know, a variety of different sources that can impact a supply chain. And when we, you know, the topic is resiliency. And so maybe let's start with just a, a definition. Sure. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's not the only one, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, if you think about resiliency in general, Right. What does it mean as a, if a person's resilient? It's that ability, right, to respond to and recover from something that comes to you that's not necessarily planned. You're not aware of it, but you can then get back to what I would call the normal state of action. Right. Right. So you are you are you have a way of living before this tornado touched down near you. 
right? And you are trying to get back to that normal state. Right. Resiliency is a measurement of how long does it take you to get there. Gotcha. Okay. Right. So the the more the more resilient you are, the faster you bounce back, right, to basically expected normal operations or performance in a supply chain terminology. So right. whether that performance is measured in cost or that performance is measured in service levels, that that disruption. If I have my network so you know efficient from resiliency that I I'm it doesn't impact me at all. Right. Right. I'm highly resilient. Yeah. Right. If I haven't planned to do anything, it may take me weeks, months, years to kind of get back to normal operating cadence. So if I were trying to, if I had a supply operation, I know, I know we talked about pet toys last time. If say, we'll, we'll go back to that example. Um, you know, I own a, a, a pet toy operation, right? And I, I want to make a more resilient supply chain is the first thing just kind of sit down and brainstorm all the things that could go wrong well i mean certainly that's part of it and we we touched on that in our last conversation together i think it's more of a, you know once we understand the vulnerability points in our supply chain that have the biggest impacts right, right? we we want to understand you know when if and when a form of disruption happens to that location in the network what are we going to do to respond and bounce back to normal? So it's not just randomly kind of going through them, but we kind of have those key, you know, uh, vulnerability locations. We, we think about things like, where am I over-concentrated, right? Do I have a situation where, you know, my entire survival of my ability to manufacture a product comes from one supplier that's located in China? Right. That one supplier in China goes down, I'm highly vulnerable. So what do I do? So first I got to understand where my vulnerability is and the magnitude of the impact. I lose a piece of my supply chain. Um, and then I've got to think about what are my strategies to mitigate that. So I understand the impact. So building in resiliency then comes from, you know, evaluating a variety of alternatives to mitigate that impact. Right. This is this is in addition to the normal fluctuations and variability that I will see in my supply chain. This is in addition to. So when I lose a key component of my supply chain, I want to either have a plan to get me back to normal operations, right, or I want to mitigate that. And there's a variety of different strategies that exist in supply chain, right, to build increased resiliency in. So in terms of uh, in terms of building resiliency, right, I, if I go back to the, the the situation that I was recently dealing with, right, I uh, was not very resilient during the recent power outage, right. Yeah. I, I got water in my basement. So that was a vulnerability I experienced. Um, my power yep. went out. I don't own a generator. That was vulnerability. Yep. So, you know, my neighbors, they're out there. They've got the, the entire neighborhood, you know, is, is ringing with generators. So thinking about that, like I'm not very resilient in, in that situation. They were very resilient. They sort of went on with business as usual while I was scrambling with what to do. And and one of the things that I did was just sort of like looked at the the food that I had to throw away and added that up. And I was like, well, that's sort of half a generator right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I invested in a generator and made myself, you know, more resilient with that, with that fairly minimal investment, then it pays off in the long term because I can continue sort of my operations of whatever it is that I do all day and not have to worry about that big disruption. That That's a hundred percent right. I mean, those people added in capacity for electricity in that example for the case when they've lost it. So instead of being reliant on an external supplier, when that situation happened, they became reliant on their own, right? They had their own backup plan that they could execute immediately. 
So, I mean, so that's one of the traditional things like where and how should I add in additional excess capacity, whether it be for surge needs, whether it be for disruption needs, how do I have that available to me and where do I place it? The, you know, the other one, you kind of talked about food. If I don't have the generator, right. right? What other food products would I have inside my home that I have for extra inventory for those cases? So right. If I choose to live an, uh, a generator-free life, then right. I better eat a lot more ramen. Yeah. Well, there you go. But yeah, it's it's you know so it's inventory levels, right? You know what? Mm-hmm. How much extra? So above my normal level of inventory that I will hold, based on my plan operations, right? Mm-hmm. So my known lead times and my known projected demand patterns. When I have this disruption happen to the network, can I buffer against that and become more resilient with holding some level of extra inventory? Can I have additional capacity that's being placed in the network? Um, you think about things like you know port port disruptions. Um, so it's been a very common thing over the last several years, and it continues to happen that you know certain ports get shut down, or there's labor strikes and shortages that are happening. And it was a really big deal in Los Angeles, Long Beach area, as one example. Oh, yeah. So how how do I mitigate against that? Well, I mitigate against that by not having 100% of my imports from Asia come through that one port. Right. And so while that might be the most economical. Right. It may actually be the lowest cost um, and it may actually even be the, the, the lowest lead time. But when it goes down, I'm out. Right. So what do right. I do? I could I could build more inventory ahead mm-hmm. of it. That's one solution. Or I sure. can actually make sure that I'm setting up, you know, ocean carriers and contracts and flowing some portion of my freight through another port. So I, it's these are insurance policies. Right. At the end of the day, companies struggle to understand, just like you buy insurance for your home and buy insurance for your auto and you wouldn't go without it. I need insurance in my supply chain for those events when they happen. And there's, you know, those are two of the strategies of just, you know, inventory levels and manufacturing. But it's just that concept of I'm going to get hit with things. I need to understand when I get hit with whatever those things are, where does it really matter and impact me? And now what I'm trying to do is is plan ahead of time. And the resiliency angle is focusing on a set of measures that that look at how long will it take me to get back to normal operations and basically at what cost. So now I have to balance off the what is it costing me to get back to normal operations versus the lost revenue. So you you had mentioned inventory, and I mean, you know, natural disasters is something that everybody can relate to. They affect us all. But one of the things that we saw was a lot of folks took that approach, right? Instead of, you know, negotiating or finding new ports or things like that, they just sort of stocked up as much as they could, right? But then that led right. to scarcity for, you know, sort of throughout the industry, which I mean, it's if your competitors are low stock, that works to your advantage. But, you know, if you overstock, if you stock too much, doesn't that then also lead to to other costs? So how do you how do you balance that? I mean, you 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 need to do that balancing act against the likelihood of these disruptions happening to you. And I, and again, I come back to what's the exposure? If I overstock for too long, I'm going to hit my financial performance, right? Because I'm holding too much inventory. Uh, yeah. But if a disruption event happens of X amount of magnitude, I'm losing X amount of revenue. So how do I balance between the two of those? I mean, that's kind of the analytics and and work that that we do against. Right, as we help people do those trade-off analyses and run the different scenarios. At the end of the day, it comes down to a risk tolerance that that company mm-hmm. wants to take. How risky do they want to be? How much are they willing to have a catastrophic event hit them and be out of business for X amount of time? 
what's it right. worth it to protect against that? It's it's you know, I I personally try to think about it and I and I realize it's a challenging concept at times for people, but you know, how did you decide that it's worthwhile for you to insure your home? Right? You you said to yourself, if I were to actually, you know, lose my house from some form of natural disaster, flood, you know, tornado, fire, right, right. like would I want to be protected? And, yeah, and, and to we what don't, extent? And to what extent? So right. it is that same kind of thinking, right? That would be a, a disaster to me personally if I had no home and all my possessions were wiped out and I had no way of paying for getting it back. So I, I need to have the insurance against it. And it's it's that type of thinking that sometimes has just not worked its way into supply chain people's minds because they're so focused on financial and it's really not the supply right. chain people quite honestly joe it's hmm. my experience has shown that it's the financial people right. right it's it's the financial performance of the business that says hey look i'm so focused on the here and now and i'm focused on my you know quarterly performance of my financials i'm not going to put these extra costs in the business right now so that my profitability looks better today but in the future, if I, if I don't do that, then sometime in the future, I may actually lose the house. But the people that are worried about today sometimes are not worried about what's going to happen down the road. And that's kind of the conundrum that we get into to effectively yeah. really build resiliency in. Because more times than not, I have to spend extra money today to protect and mitigate these future events. So from what I'm picking up here, right, the, the answer in, in building a, a resilient supply chain is a combination of risk assessment, contingency planning, diversification, aligning with, you know, s sustainable practices and that type of thing to make sure that you can kind of keep going as long as possible. And that sounds like a really complex process. So my, my question to you would be, say I'm in a small to mid-sized organization, where do I start? Well, I think the number one thing that you do is start with understanding your supply chain itself. Many companies don't even understand all the moving parts of their supply chain. They don't understand how, how goods are flowing. They don't really know where all their suppliers are at. So getting a, a kind of digital representation that understands the way that your supply chain behaves today uh, and, and start going back as far as you can. I mean, start at least with your first tier suppliers that are coming into you. Um, yeah. And that's a good starting point, but understand the physical flows, understand the existing costs, understand the existing capacities. And then the next step is to say, where am I now vulnerable? But if I don't have a really good digital representation view of my supply chain, lots of people will call that a model. Some people call right. that a digital supply chain twin. If I don't mm. have that understanding, I just don't even know where to start. But start somewhere. You could start with your largest manufacturing facility. You can start with your distribution center that holds the most number of products. Like it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to this, this digital representation, but you know, many companies will know where is the biggest pain in your toy company. You know, right. you're manufacturing at one location. Well, there's mm -hmm. only one location to look at. And then you look right. at your product that has the most amount of revenue. What does it take to build that one product? So you can start small, but I mean, ultimately you're going to want to get the overall kind of holistic view of that supply chain that you have. Yeah. So would this fall under supply chain planning or would this fall under supply chain design? Cause it sounds like it could be both. It can be a combination of both of them. I mean, we, we get caught up sometimes in doing this delineation in, in our world between is it design, is it planning, is it execution? I, I, I would tell you that a lot of this, you know, traditionally has fallen in the world of design. 
Um, okay. it's, it's all about designing the supply chain. Now, how do I, and I have to put these capacities in place, right? I have to plan for extra inventory. I have to right. plan that I'm going to diversify my supplier. So I have to put in the capabilities and infrastructure that makes sense. So I have this level of resiliency that I desire. And then I have to be able to plan against that. So, I mean, they go hand in hand, but it's not, usually it's a design first type of exercise, but they definitely interact with one another. So it sounds like ideally what we want to do is we want to build in robustness, right? So the ability to absorb a shock, the ability to sort of take the hit, uh, recovery. So getting back on our feet is as quick as possible. And then long-term scalability, like being able to survive major disruptions, to, to be able to absorb extra inventory if needed to sort of cover up for a problem. Is that fair to say? I think that's fair to say. And it, it is, I think the major thing to think about, and, you know, maybe we even talk about this in, in another conversation, but there's, you know, a general, uh, I'm going to say confusion, misunderstanding between just, you know, um, resiliency, which is what we've talked about in here and agility. And they're not the same because agility is more of your responsiveness to the market and the customers. So how yeah. agile am I in, in, as my customers needs, demands change, how quickly and rapidly can I respond to that? Resiliency right. is kind of the other end of it. It's when I have a disaster or shock to my supply chain, a change in my supply chain. That change is not driven by the customers in the market, right? That change okay. is dri driven by other internal factors, external factors. So they're, they're kind of complementary. Sometimes you have similar strategies that get you to both. Uh, how yeah. can I be agile and resilient? They have a different lens on them, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. No, that does make sense. I mean, because I think I've heard those terms used interchangeably, but you know, to your point, agility, the ability to avoid the hits as they come and resiliency is the ability to absorb those hits. And they're not necessarily hits. I mean, some of it is, you know, right. some of it could be planned expectations of I'm agile. I mean, you know, ag agility could be the, the notion of how do I actually run my supply chain efficiently? So think about, you know, retailers that, you know, um, at least in the U.S., we're, we're all used to understanding Black Friday. Yep. Um, and when you look at the portion of when, why is it Black Friday, it's because that's when retailers actually go into the black. So they, they run, you know, the vast majority of the year, like almost 11 out of 12 months of the year, not necessarily in the black. And that's not true of all of them, yeah. but that's kind of where the word came from. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, but the, the the significant spike in demand and processing activity that happens for those retailers in that short window of time, that's not resiliency. They they have to plan to be right. agile. They have to know how to spin up extra capacity during that period of time and then effectively ramp it down during the rest of the years. Otherwise, they will not be as profitable as they can be. That's being right. agile. That's knowing how to see that I will have significant changes in my demand or my operations or my capacity, the transportation right. networks get clogged at that point in time. How do I run during that period of time efficiently that I can also run efficiently during the rest of the year? And so right. I can ramp myself up and down. That's being agile to changes mm. in the external demand signal, as opposed to resiliency would be if I lost one of my distribution centers during that point in time, how fast can I get back? right to the right. level of performance that I expected. So they're, they're yeah. complementary, but they're not exactly the same thing. That, that makes sense to me. You know, I, I was kind of thinking when you were talking, it's like the difference between, you know, like a, like a pickup truck and a sports car, 
like a pickup truck's going to you know, get you through and, and, you know, you go over obstacles or you go through mud and with a sports car, you can just zip around them. So, you know, sports car agility and pickup truck, uh, resiliency. Does that make sense? Maybe. <laughs> well, if it works that's for you, why, Joe. That's all that yeah. matters. <laughs> all we're about, however, the concepts, whatever analogies you can put in your head that that makes sense to come back with, I, it works for me. I'll take it. Right, that's why we're doing this show, so I can try and figure it out. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. This has been another enlightening conversation, and of course, I've got another uh, whole sheet of notes here, including what was it? it was Vuka Vuka Vuka. All right, I'm gonna. And try and work that into my conversations. I love it. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And there you have it, friends, a whirlwind tour of supply chain resiliency. A big thank you again to our guest and supply chain sage, Jeff Maturski, for sharing his wisdom and insights with us. Remember, whether you're a seasoned pro or just dipping your toes into these waters, there's always more to explore. If you just can't get enough supply chain resiliency, make sure to dive into our accompanying blog post for even more details. We hope today's episode gave you some food for thought. Until next time, keep learning, keep innovating, and remember, we're all in this together. This is Joe Davis signing off from Gains On. Want to stay connected with all things Gains and continue to explore the exhilarating world of supply chain planning and design? then don't forget to follow Gains on LinkedIn, where you can be part of our growing and vibrant professional community. And for more content, engaging posts and updates, don't forget to like and subscribe to Gains on on YouTube. Trust us, you won't want to miss what we're sharing. If today's podcast episode left you hungry for even more insights, we've got you covered. Every episode of Gains on is accompanied by a detailed blog post for those who wish to dive deeper into the topic. Whether you're looking to expand your knowledge or find that special morsel of information, our blogs are designed with you in mind. Visit gainsystems.com for more. All the links you need can be found in the description below. Thanks once again for tuning into Gains On, and remember, we're here to help you decode the world of supply chains one episode at a time. <laughs>